You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 96th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I'm Max Potato in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hey, this is Thaddeus Bellwether coming at you live from my pad at Key West, Florida. And uh, this is Spencer Howe in, still in Boston, just just hanging out. Seriously, you couldn't come up with something better than Spencer Howe? We have Max Potato on the air. Mm-hmm. I'm All Max right. Powers' let me, brother. Let me try it again. Set me up again. Do it again, little guy. Start over. Hello, and welcome to the 96th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Max Potato in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hey, this is Super Rookie coming at you live on the Slow Ride Podcast from Key West, Florida. Hey, guys, this is Kent Herbeck in Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> Just wanted to give a quick shout out to the podcast while I had a few minutes. Thanks, Kent. Hey, you're looking hey. thin. You yeah, drop yeah, a few LBs, good. maybe like 60 you know, to 75. You know, I've taken up bike racing, so it's really uh, helped me trim down the form. Um, okay. So I think that this, this bit is off to a great start. Mm-hmm. And I hate to really bring it back, guys, to bike racing, but that is why people listen to us. And so I'm going to give you a list of names, and you tell me what event you think I'm talking about. Okay. Adam Bergman in third place. Durand. Uh, uh, I got it. I got it. Tour Georgia 2005. Former Jelly Belly Pro. Okay. Uh, we'll get that in there. Cole House finishing in fifth place. This is a former, uh, uh pro crit rider. This is a super weak race. Uh, 2008. Durant. Cole House. Okay. Probably Durant. Uh, Jeff Hall finishing in sixth place. Oh, definitely Durant. Uh, this is a, a Olympic Jeff qualifier. Hall never did Durant. <laughs> He might have. This is like, when you hear Jeff Hall, you know is, it's going to be mountain bikes. At some this point. is uh, Sydney Olympic mountain bike race. Nope. Didn't qualify for the Olympics, but he tried. Um, eighth place, Eric Thompson. Ooh, he would have been 10 eighth? in 2007. <laughs> uh, well, you know, he's pretty fast, though. I'm going to say 2007 Durand. Eighth okay. place. Uh right. Yeah, man, I don't know. Canoe race? Do they have those? All right, let me... I got, I got two more names to give you guys, all right? Okay. Ninth place overall. Former... Oh, wait, I want to give it away. Ian Stanford. Uh, ninth, I bet he got ninth place, and I'm going to say Duran. <laughs> Former <laughs> national champion in time trialing, by the way. Mm. And rounding it off in 12th place, yeah. Bjorn Sealander. Then we're definitely talking about a 2007 Durant. Bjorn was, what, okay. seven? So 12th, he would have easily been that fast at that point. Twelfth place, Bjorn, you have to be talking about uh, something in the world tour. Um, yep. Maybe, uh, well, Torino Adriatico's coming up. Maybe you're talking about that. Is this a throwback to that? No, it's not. But Bjorn Sealander... From those who don't know, former U23 national cyclocross champion, uh-huh. former white jersey wearer at the Giro d'Italia in 2010, maybe? Yeah, about there. Former training partner with Taylor Finney at the Juan Pelota Ranch when they were hanging out with Lance Armstrong back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all of you got your guesses are all wrong. We are talking about the fat bike Berkey Biner. Who won? A 40 kilometer race. race, fat bike style. Uh, a guy named Will Ross from Anchorage, Alaska. Sign Whoa. that guy. Sign him. Vodders, are you listening? Sign him. Fat bike Berkey Championship. And I got to tell you, this thing had, um, oh, you know, only 530 participants mm-hmm. took to wow. the start line. That's a lot of people. That's a lot, That's of, a lot of fat bikes. That's a lot of fat bikes. Mm-hmm. So. 
Some well, that was a really drawn-out bit, but that there you go. That not On the podium, you had former Tour de Jor- Well, I guess his result was totally X'd out, but Adam Bergman was there. You yep. do have Bjorn Sealander, former World Tour rider. You have several U.S. national-level crit racers in Stanford and Cole House. Uh, and Jeff Hall, who was on the long team for the Olympics back in 2004. So great stuff. There you go. This, that's this the, was last that's the fat bike update. This was last weekend? Yeah, it was right. last weekend. Well, hey, that, 31st that, place, Hollywood Henderson. Nice. Good <laughs> that work, about Hollywood. does it for uh, this week's episode of FatBikeRadio.com. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, yep. everybody, for tuning in. It's been All great. Right. Let's do the slow right. ride podcast now. You guys want to yeah, do let's one? do the much better podcast now. All right. All right I'm just going to X out all those windows. All okay. right, big news, guys, in the world of cycling. Of course, I'm talking about Mark Cavendish and Bradley Wiggins oh, winning the up. world championship <laughs> in the Madison. Why are you doing this? We've, how, we've been recording for like 10 minutes. We've talked about fat bikes, and now we're talking about the track. Can we no, actually you know what? About... Everybody's this really actually... super into the track right now. Like, my Twitter feed is blowing up. Like, everybody's like, whoa, track racing. It's oh. pretty cool. I've never watched it before. It's This looks exciting. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I... Every time I go to cycling news, I'm really ticked off again that Wiggins and Cavendish are British, and that's a British website because you get like five or six uh, posts about some crap that happened at Track Worlds or Track whatever it is, and then then you you scroll down and then you finally find like the Perry Nice or the uh, Strada Bianca update way down the page, hidden oh. um, cycling news wow. style behind like a. Uh, a post about the Tour it's, de France. It's because Trek is back, and everyone wants to rock the one cog, little guy. Wait, so wait, no, Trek's back? Cool, Trek I've got back. some track bars I've been trying to sell. Yeah. <laughs> now Sweet. might be the okay. time. No, I like it. I like this now. Never mind. I'm all into this. Mm-hmm. Can uh, we talk a little bit, though, about the Track World Championships? Because I do think that there is a couple of important parts that go into road racing here. So, First off... There's a lot of road racers in this track world championship. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's important, I think, because it is Olympic year. But, I mean, you have Cavendish seriously going after the Omnium, right? Mm-hmm. You have Wiggins going after the uh, the World Team Pursuit Championships with his uh, weak British counterparts because Australia dominated them in the last lap. Even though it looked like um, Great Britain was maybe going to win it, they they just didn't have the team. They had to start yelling broccoli because only two guys were able to finish together and the third guy was a solid second behind him. And then let's talk about Sarah Hammer tearing it up for the U.S., getting third place in the women's Omnium overall, Mm -hmm. getting her spot in Rio, but then also the dominating performance of the U.S. women's pursuit team taking the gold medal over Canada in the final round, which has to be the first gold medal in a pursuit for the U.S. in a long time, probably since Marty Nothstein time. Yeah, probably. I think he did Pursuits? No. Well, he didn't he do did Pursuits, pursuits but, but I think the, that was the last time the track <laughs> mattered. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff out there. I just uh, I find it interesting. I don't know if it's the first time it's been live-streamed or if it's the first time it's been in the right time zone for people to be at work and bored enough to, to turn on the live stream or what. But, um, like people seem to be really paying attention and like, I'm seeing tweets that are like, Whoa, the elimination race. This is crazy. This is the coolest racing I've ever seen. And Madison's are super cool looking and it's true. They are, but it's just kind of, um, feels like a deep cut to me. You know what I mean? Like it feels like a blast from the past. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to talk anymore about track world championships. old school, man. I do think that we needed to acknowledge the fact that how cool is it that Cavendish and Wiggins did win? I, you know what? I know that it's a, a British combo, but little guy, that's pretty exciting. I'm sorry. It is. Uh, I guess so. Anybody that's got a track anywhere near their town should definitely go check it out and at least watch the racing. If not try racing yourself, cause it, it's pretty fun. I got to say, Madison is terrifying, but it's also super fun. Yeah. The, the, the number of times the number of times that me and Spencer started a Madison together and then I would be like, Where'd Spencer go? And I'd see him on the infield. Yeah. Too numerous to count. I'd be a rich man if I if I if I had a well, nickel for every time. I got crashed out a couple times. That's true. And I got a flat <laughs> on one, at least one occasion. 
Yeah, we were we were a we were a Madison team for the ages. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm raising my glass to you right now. Couple of cat fours in the one two Madison because they didn't oh have God. enough teams. <laughs> Just trying to not get killed. You know, actually so this is this ties it all back in. One time I was Bergman's partner in the oh. Madison. On an, I don't know if you were there, Spencer, or I don't you think were so. there that night. I was so fucking scared because he's so fast and I was so slow. So yeah, I was cat four on probably. I might have been a three on the road, but I was I was not fast enough to be his partner. I was so afraid to let him down. I rode like out of my skin just to like <laughs> barely handicap him. Like my yeah. my whole goal was just to like only lose like at the most a half lap on the the group we were staying with every time so i could throw him in and he could chase back on and we ended up getting third so you know he did a ton of fucking work. yeah he did i had a to, lot i had to work. work so hard just to keep us in contention like just to like half follow the moves and not blow myself up oh yeah. my god that was that was fun it was a lot of fun but man was i scared in the star line i was like i am in a I'm gonna piss him off so bad. <laughs> nah, but I mean he was really nice about it. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't even look like totally defeated when they were like, "Hey, you're with little guy," and he's like, probably inside. He's like, "Oh fuck, I'm so screwed." <laughs> I drew the shortest straw. Oh, he drew the shortest straw for sure. Uh, like of all the fast guys, like no, nah, all the other know, compos of fast guys was like two two guys of the same caliber as Bergman. Of, and then of he, all the of all the fast guys that I know, like Bergman is is one of the nicest people. Like. Yeah. He's a super nice dude, despite all the weird bullshit that's happened in yeah. his career. Um, you know, he is probably he's... one of the nicest dudes I have come across that was at that level. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, well, but that excuses so... everything. So we're good. Well, you know what? It doesn't excuse, and I know little guy will be on board with this. Is I was watching uh, Paranese the other day. I watched the prologue. You guys know who won? Oh fuck. Bling yes. Matthews. What's up with that? Is when did he get good at prologues? <laughs> I don't know, but his name. Are you Bling. disappointed that Bling Matthews uh, won the uh, TT little guy? I am disappointed. You know, I'm disappointed. You know, I, I, were, I, were you more mad that he just beat Dumoulin, or was it because it was Bling Matthews? I'm just annoyed that Bling Matthews won. Um, yeah, what's up with those other guys? Are supposed to be fast. I don't I, even. I, I can say that stage one went splendidly today i mean yeah he kept the jersey i think but he didn't win the stage and a yeah. frenchman won damar yeah um so that was exciting not only did damar won win sorry he beat buhani and yeah. that stage was totally crazy did you see they weren't even on roads half the time <laughs> i saw the photos it did look really cool it looked like yeah i haven't i haven't even read the full update but just so, looking at the pictures it looked like Guys were really hurting on some of those dirt climbs. Yeah. Some serious pain well, faces. Just you know what I saw when, when I saw those pictures, little guy? What? You know what I saw? I saw TJ Van Garderen not in the race. Yeah, because like, he's doing this Torino. Has to, that type of, I know, but that type of uh, parkour, <laughs> right? The gravel and all that stuff, that has to just frustrate him re- like to a whole nother level where now he's just like, seriously, I can't believe this is a thing. Go back to your gravel grinders, guys. Because that stage would be exactly what he would complain about at the Tour de France. He would have. Which is why he's not a you're fan like really favorite of the Slow Ride podcast. Reason. Like, you're really stretching for a reason to complain about TJ. Huh. Oh, I know. It is pretty bad. I really did look for a way to just work like, him in I there. do this? Yeah. You know, it's kind of cold outright now, and I bet if TJ was out there, he wouldn't like it. He'd be complaining for He'd sure. He'd complain. I'm not complaining, but, but TJ... You know, What's interesting about this stage is they're throwing in these gravel sections, which is really cool. I think it mixes up the racing and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it comes on the heels of the Strada Bianchi, which also, you know, obviously famously has a bunch of gravel sections. Is this is this the crossover? Are we witnessing this turning point in history where road racing just becomes gravel grinding? Well, I, road racing was <sighs> once gravel grinding because the roads were just like half paved half not paved like like a true gravel grinder now that we have these races and we get excited about cobbles you just just think that when most of these races started you would have been on dirt and then cobbles and then dirt like you'd get on dirt and you'd say "Ooh, this is smooth yeah do you so looking at these parkours like spencer i'm with you like this is the new crossover 
Do you think retired racers um, are sitting back looking at this going like, oh, man, I wish that that existed when I was racing? You know, a guy like Hincapi, was he sitting there going <laughs> like, oh, man, I wish I was still racing Sam, how are you when doing Paris Nice happened? You're really good. Tonight. I got to say, you're, just, you're, you're amazing at bringing up just uh, the things we don't want to talk about. Yeah. Well, to, to answer Tim's question, I think it's probably 50-50. I'm thinking there's some guys out there that are like, Woof, dodged a bullet. Like, I don't think Bettini wants to race on gravel. You know what I mean? I just don't see it. Cipollini probably doesn't want to race on gravel. But uh, I think I think there's some guys out there. I think McEwen and O'Grady and some of these uh, rough and tumble kind of uh, guys, I think they'd have ate that stuff up. Oh, McEwen would love that stuff. Yeah. I, I think. <laughs> That's right up his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I kind of, so, I, I realize I kind of just made this like Italians are soft and Australians are hard kind of thing, but I didn't really mean to do that. Uh, so we, we did mention quickly Strata Beyond. Can we go to that? I mean, did you guys watch this? I watched it from the line at Universal Studios at the Spider-Man race because it was amazing. And I found a nice pirate wait, feed. What? Wait, I was at Universal none- Studios in Orlando. None of that sentence made any sense to me at all. I was waiting in line for the Spider-Man ride, and I saw Consolara and Stybar attacking the crap out of each other and some quick-step guy that failed 200 meters from the finish. Mm -hmm. It was amazing to watch. Rambilo, man. That was a a monster ride. It was a a monster monster ride. But how about the ride by Consolara? Seriously. That that guy. You know what? I was so happy he won. Yeah, it was the Saudi because that came his final end. race. He wins, even though I wanted Stybar to win, but Stybar will be back. Yeah, but Consular winning what is it? The third time he's won that race. Yeah. Yep, third time. So I mean, it was pretty great. I gotta mm-hmm. say, the best part, maybe the of the race, like it was kind of a slow burn. You have Rambillo, Rambillo or whatever. He put in so much work for Stybar, but the best thing is how it came down to that last corner. And Cancelera took the awesome line to force mm-hmm. Stybar like to stay behind him. Took yep. the super like wide and kind of slow line that screwed up Stybar's chance to attack, yep. and then gunned it. And it was and beautiful. Stybar had nothing. Like it was so. It was like a masterpiece in showing why he's such a great racer. Not only is he strong and he's just like knows when to use his efforts, but like obviously tactically, just something like a little corner. He just mm-hmm. was so good. And usually Stybar's, hey. like, super good at that stuff. I mean, not that he's not anymore, but, like, that was awesome. So you're saying, like, Consolara pulled the old man move? Like, he, you know, he knows that course well enough, and he's like, all right, this corner's coming up. I'm going to give him the old uh, Masters 50-plus maneuver. And then before yeah. you know it, you're like, oh, yeah. man, you know what? It's Props, yeah. old man. It's for all the aspiring wasters out there, yeah. Like, learn how to box somebody out of a sprint when there's only two of you. Like hey. that is some that is a trick if you can pull that is going to win you some races. So we'll get back to Strata Bianca or actual rail racing, but I went on the there's a big group ride on Sundays in Orlando called the Panera ride, but also called the Pantera ride, whatever. And we're out there riding and there's kind of this guy that's been around I guess for a while. Definitely masters 55 plus kind of hanging out. One of these guys that you pass when you're in the double pace line and he gets all the way to the back and then you get to the stoplight and he goes all the way to the front again and he's just kind of a, a local legend and we're going into um a town line sprint and i'm sitting like sixth wheel i've never been on this ride before but someone told me there was a sprint ahead and this guy yells like car back so naturally what does everyone do well they move over to the right to let all the cars go right mm-hmm. mistake because the old man attacks us at exactly that moment to go ahead and take the town line sprint over the little hill that I didn't know was coming. But he pulled the old like car back, so everyone moved over, and then he attacked. And at that so, moment, I looked at that guy, and I said, respect, really? but I'm never listening to you again. <laughs> like, yeah, I was respect. like, all right. I would have just immediately not wanted to ever talk to that guy again. That's such a well, dick but, move. No, but it was like the respect of like the, like, oh. all right. I now know who you are, and I know to never listen to you again, but you got me. You know, I was kind of the, the new guy, and I didn't know what was going on. But well done. 
<laughs> yeah, a- any any way to get the wheel, you know what I mean? Like the wheel yeah. you want, the space you need, like that's that's racing. I've totally done that to my friends before, right? Oh, yeah. Like when we're on a ride, like hey, car back, guys, and everyone like kind of moves over, and then you you attack them, and that's what he did, and it was totally well done. Yeah, yeah, you have done that. Uh, <laughs> I can attest. Anyways, so yeah, the Strata Bianca. It was cool. Lizzie Armistead went two for two in big women's races so far this year. Yes, she um, did. She took the first women's world tour race, which was the Strada Beyond. Um, and I got to say that Finnish town, the finishing town, it's not a town in Finland, but the yeah. finishing town I got that. is pretty amazing with those narrow streets. Mm-hmm. Narrow yeah, enough really and twisty enough that you can't even see what's going on from the helicopter view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's crazy. It was a great race. That they were both great races, good finishes. Um, somebody periscoped the uh, the finish of the women's race right before the uh, finish line, so that was great to see because it was. No, I saw that too. That was the um, the Canyon Tram team. Was it okay? Yeah, I wasn't sure. Uh, famous for their Rafa splatter paint Miami Vice style jerseys. So, guys, we got. We got an etiquette email, a ride, uh, well, a waving etiquette email. Um, somebody needs some advice. Can we help? It depends on who needs the advice. Maybe. Uh, this email is from jo- Jordan, Jordan Cullen. Do we know yeah. this guy? I think uh, we do. Cat, Cat 5 up there in uh, Minnesota, maybe? Maybe. Sounds, he might be. He, has, he might not have taken on a license for a while. Sounds like a junior. All right, what does Jordan Cullen ask the Slow Ride podcast experts? I feel that we've given him a lot of advice before in the past. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I have maybe some fashion tips, maybe some playlist tips, but uh, definitely no racing tips. He's got, he does plenty fine on his own. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, all right, what's the question? Well, first of all, he admits to uh, binge listening to the podcast while studying for midterms. Um. So, good, good, I guess. Anyways, I have a question about waving. If you happen to overtake a fellow rider out on the road, what is the proper way to wave to them? I go for the casual peace sign off the side of the hip. (laughs) But I'm curious to know what y'all have to say about the topic. Keep up the good work, and long live the gummy bear. (laughs) So, So, Jordan does the old, like, kind of, like, what the motorcycle people do to each other. Yeah, sounds yeah. like yeah. it. That sounds like good. Kind of I do a little, a little side the downward arm. Yeah, so, just a little like hand flick. So yeah, you can't I give do. a full on like forward like, hey, somebody's coming at you wave when you're when you're passing somebody. So it is a little different, you know. Hank's got it right. I like it. Just the peace sign. Do you give hey, a I did a. So we'll talk about this real quick. Uh, Jordan Collins' last race, April twenty eighth, in the uh, Tuesday Night World Championships in Minnesota. He got fifty third out of sixty eight. Uh, Jordan, keep racing. Maybe someday you can uh, be in the category threes like us. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get there. I have faith. Yeah. So, I, Jordan, this is a good – I like Jordan's wave. I think that if I saw a peace sign coming out from the hip, like it's kind of the little sleek, like fashionable wave. Like, hey, I'm not going all out. Well, now, I think that's pretty nice. Yeah, and if you're getting passed by somebody, you want a little acknowledgement or you want to give somebody that you're passing a little acknowledgement – because you do, you know, you seem like the douchey guy who's just, like, blowing past, you know, if yeah. you don't. And you really don't want to be that. You don't want to be it. You don't want to perpetuate the stereotype. Yeah. Um, yeah. And anybody who, who doesn't know Jordan, he is, like, six feet tall and rail thin and, you know, looks like a Euro pro bike racer. So, yeah. And a have, very legit category one two racer when he's going all out who's raced in europe and all that yeah (laughs) Yeah. so So, i think that that's a very i think that's perfect that's a good way to do it i i a lot of times um you know i'll I'll raise the the fingers off the levers you know i'm usually riding on the hoods but a lot of times i'll I'll do the actual uh verbal you know like uh how's it going yeah or hey have a good day or have a good ride you know like i think the verbal is good and Spencer, I like how you're uh, telling us in the Doppler effect there. Like, have a good day. You know, like as you're going by. That's pretty nice. Well, yeah, I mean. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think just... definitely a verbal 
has to happen when you're overtaking the rider, but you just say like, "Hey, good morning," and then that's plenty. I, see, I like I I like to not say anything, and then like 50 yards up the road, uh, just sit up, start coasting with my efforts done, <laughs> yeah. and just and kind of like weave around, maybe get in their way a little bit, yeah. and then act offended when they pass me. Oh no! Well, so, when they pass you, that's when you jump on their wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so this true. may be a that, that, look. At, you bring up what what may be the best part about this. What not to do when you're overtaking someone? Everything mm. I just said. Don't do that. And don't don't and don't sit on their wheel. It's not like you bridge to the first group and now you can attack. No. Don't sit on their wheel before you go past. If, so what is if the you other, don't think what, you can just go past at a comfortable speed and be like hello, um, and then hold it. Then don't pass in the first place, right? It's or true. unless okay, like, so you're when, in a turn or something, you know. When riding down the trail, only yeah. overtake if you can keep a steady clip and get far enough in advance of them. Like you're not going to just struggle to get past them and cut over and then start coasting. Blue. I think we're yeah, all agreed you there. Have, you shouldn't yeah. have to put an effort in. Like the pace right. you're going should be fast enough that you will pass them eventually. And 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 you're just going faster than them. If you have, if you feel like you're going the same speed, and you even have to like put in an effort past them, and then you stay at the same distance in front of them, then you just seem like a weirdo that felt like he had to be in front of this other person. Yeah, that's like, true. Like so, you're like you're ten feet behind someone, and you're like, I need to be ten feet in front of this person. Yeah, this, this may be honestly, guys, the best question we've ever gotten because it's. It's something that everyone has had to come up against in a uh, riding on the trail situation because there's a lot of people out there that think life is a race, right? They think riding on the trail is a race, and we've had this well, experience before. So I, this is yeah, perfect. Life is a highway, <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to ride it all night long. <laughs> well done. I don't get Go it. On. It's a really good song. Huh. You don't know that song, Spencer? The- if oh, it's not by Kendrick right. Kendrick Lamar, I don't know it. All right, just edit it in there. Also, so, I know what it is. I think you have to do. I think you have to do the verbal, uh-huh. or you can do the peace sign off the hip is great. Uh-huh. What not to do is just to pass and then coast like you're in a race, mm-hmm. or um, a a former teammate of ours and friend of ours, or I mean, guess kind of friend of ours, but just a aficionado of cycling in uh, Minneapolis, sexy Adam used to do the worst possible thing, which was get up right next to you and then shift like two or three gears and then ride past you. So like that is how you knew a rider was coming because he would be in his full aero helmet TT tuck. He would get next yeah. to you on the greenway and then go and then ride away from you. Yeah, he was, he yeah. was not. Yeah. yeah. So the worst not, possible not example thing you can do to is follow. shift. The worst possible thing you can do is to do the acknowledgement through the shifting. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I've come up in this situation a few (laughs) times where kind of like what the little guy's saying, like you're going at a reasonable speed and so is the other person. And you could maybe overtake them, but you'd have to sprint, uh, you know, kick it up a little bit to do so and then put in an effort to create a gap in front of them. And, you know, it's too much work. A lot of times I'll just sit up and let the gap go back out. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, continue about my business. And if I yeah. catch him again, then, you know, maybe you have to deal with that. But um, usually that'll do the trick. My my bigger gripe is when I find people on my wheel that I didn't know were there. That is that is <laughs> that my is. number one pet peeve. I, I didn't tell you guys this like um, a week or two ago. I went to a movie. I'm leaving the movie theater on St. Anthony, Maine, me and Caitlin, riding to the Stone Arch Bridge. And we had two other people who were in the same movie with us, like, jump on our wheel and like 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 crit style like half a bike like a tire width away from us follow us all the way down to the stone arch talking loudly behind us that the is whole creepy. Way. and it was so weird it was like what the hell are you doing why do you feel like this is okay and we swung around the corner to get on the stone arch and both just sort of sat up and didn't pedal because we were like these people need to leave us alone and they both just like took off and like sprinted and the hmm. guy was like trying to drop the the woman of the, the couple. Was it now? Must, must have been was, a bad was, date, man. It's so you know, like you guys know this. You get over the Stonehenge Bridge and you want to go up Portland. It's a little dig. It's like a yeah. it's a block and it's and it's steep and um you know, it's a good place to put in an attack if uh-huh. you were in that sort of situation. The way these two were talking, it's like they were on a date. Well, we could see them when they got <laughs> up to it, and the 
the guy was leading into the hill and he had a little gap on the woman he was with and he totally like sprinted up that hill like he was trying to get rid of her. I have one question. It was fucking weird. I Spencer, if one, you bring yes. this to where I think you're bringing I have it. One question. <laughs> Little guy, yeah. was the movie Premium Rush? It was not. It was uh, Hail Caesar, oh, okay. the new Coen Brothers show. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. I thought you were going to bring it somewhere else, Spencer, when you were talking about Stone Arch Bridge, riding bikes, date, whatever. And it was oh, like, hey, like, I make, apologized to my wife several times and about breaking her wrist. Breaking her wrist. You know, I wasn't going to bring it up, Tim, but since you did... Yeah, I wasn't either. No, but I think, yeah, we've, hey, I think, guys, we've, I think I, we've talked about you crashing your wife out enough times on this podcast. So I dug down into Jordan Cullen's results. Did you guys know he's a national champion? In what? Uh, Discipline. I didn't, actually. When he was racing for Slipstream, um, Craddock Junior Development Team, in 2013, he was the U.S. Junior Track National Champion in the Individual Pursuit. And in the team pursuit. I feel like I knew that, but I don't know. I wouldn't Dude, that's afford- awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, Jordan. I didn't even know that. I would totally give you a wave. Nice. Actually, you should just have national championship stripes on your commuter jacket or whatever fashionable scarf you are wearing around the University of Minnesota campus right now. <laughs> you know uh, it. I hope that is This is Mo Bruno Roy, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Uh, hey, you guys, quick update. Uh, Tom Cochran uh, wrote and performed uh, Life is a Highway. It okay. was a number one hit in 1992, um, and it has been featured in the feature films uh, Cheaper by the Dozen and covered by Rascal Flats. Well, there you go. That's some good that's stuff. That's your musical update. Some star Over power there. Yeah. So, look at it, There's still one race we haven't talked about yet. Really? What and is it's that? starting in two days. And we're talking about Torino, Torino. Adriatico. How yeah. excited are you for the race of all races? Probably more important than Paris Nice. The race of all races. I've never heard it referred to as that. I'm. Uh... <laughs> I'm moderately excited about it. There's a lot of Italian power in there. Uh, Tintin Revelin, Posavio. Um, I don't know who else. Valverde's going to be there. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm just as excited for Perry Nice. I don't know why you think I'm more. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm more excited for Torino. I can only watch why? one of these. Because I can only watch pick? one week-long stage race. And really? the fact that Strada Bianca... And it's not an a- is a part of this uh, kind of the race promotion. I'm over ASO. I think that they're really trying oh, to mess up okay. the whole thing. Yeah, um, that's true. So you only want to vote. You're voting with your eyeballs, and you're only watching R- RCS or whatever they are races, as opposed to ACO ASO races. Well, I'll watch ASO races when it's Paris <laughs> Roubaix, okay, or uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. the tour. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of all about uh, you know, I guess. These stage races shouldn't be on at the same time, and no, so I have to choose about one. I know, pretty sure but I have to agreed. choose one, right? No, and so, well, I have both. to because you know my attention span, and I can really only concentrate on one. And it's much easier to watch Strada Bianca and then to go over to um, Torino so, Adriatico. And T- TJ so is going to be there to is, win. Uh, are you saying like a, a week long stage race is like the perfect size for your attention span? Is that I what I'm getting? Kind of think that's as long, long as it's span. not. In California. Oh, zing. Stuffed. So, so I knew where you were taking this, Spencer, and I've actually been, like, pulling up the Tour of California, like, team list. Of course. Because uh-huh. I will say that they're trying really, really hard to make me actually care about this race, and they're getting very, very close. The teams this year are stacked. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. There's at well, least, what, 10 Pro Tour teams there? Yeah. It's been a pretty good race uh, since like, they broke away from the Levi Memorial, you know, tour of California, I guess, method that they were on for a long time. Yeah. But they've but, got, like, they've got Katushas there. Tinkoff, Lotto, Jumbo, not the other Lotto, Team Sky, Team Giant, Etix, mm-hmm. 
They have Tommy Vogler's team. How they can even afford to go to California is amazing. <laughs> like yeah. what? Like seriously, what are they there for? You got Dimension Data, BMC, Cannondale. That is stacked. And you got Team Wigo, which is a little weird, all things being equal that they're allowed in the same race as Team Sky. And you have Trek Sega Fredo. You do. You do. Ooh, you're going to get some Schleck power. Nice. So who is this rally cycling team that's in it? No idea. Uh, I've never heard of this team. Is that Optum? Yeah. They're the black and orange oh, of Optum yeah. that are now the black and orange of Rally. But the orange is just slightly different. Is okay. Rally a like a, a just a placeholder for the team name or is it no, an I actual th- business? I think it's a subset of Optum, if I understand. I may be totally wrong. Yeah. But I think it's I think like a... Right. An offshoot of Optum, kind of like uh, how uh, Lotto Sidal, Lotto Bellasol, Lotto, you know, keeps changing. Lotto Predictor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot Lato, when they were the they were Lotto the, Silence. Um, they were the pre- the pregnancy test. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So, wait, Predictor is a pregnancy test, right? And then what yep. was Silence? The sleeping pill. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking of sleeping pills, is a. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Luca Paolini going to get off with his cocaine thing? I don't. I he had his uh, hearing the other day, but I don't think there's been any word yet on yeah. what uh, the verdict was. I hope so. I'd Man, like I to hope see, so. I'd like to see the clown Noah's back in the peloton. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. I we're, think. Do you I guys? Mean, we're all a bunch would of you guys forgive him, or do you like? What, how do you feel on this? Like, is, no. Why are we going to say is we're all a bunch of hypocrites. We're totally going to forgive him. Yeah. No, see, I I forgave Ulrich for his ecstasy. I forgave Pontani for his cocaine. You know, I forgive the party drugs. It's fine. You know, everybody Even if they're using them during the race. That's, you know, somehow you spill a little cocaine in your water bottle. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that happens. It's life. If it's all over your apartment from the night before, like, what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, how are you not going to get it in your water bottle? That's a good point. That's That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah so you're a smart guy. Be, I should listen to you more often. It could be some Cytomax or Cytomax. <laughs> it's true. You mix it up. You don't know. The protein yep. powders, they all look the same. They all look the same. So <laughs> I would welcome Paolini back. I think most of our listeners would probably be pretty stoked if Paolini came back. I don't think yeah. that people look at party drugs going, yeah, that guy's totally fucking horrible. Let's mm. be honest here. Everybody has racers they like, and it doesn't matter what happens with the racers they like. They're not going to give a shit. Everyone liked Polini, so we're all willing to be like, oh. So is, there, so is there racers that, are there racers out there, a little guy that just everyone hates? Yeah, like Schumacher. And, yeah. Like Stefan Schumacher. I don't know what it is, but everybody hates that guy. Is there any other current racer, little guy, that you think uh, people need to come around to that actually is good and well, amazing? Tintin That's Rebel gonna... Come on, dude. Uh, you know this. Well, Everyone he, needs to forget, what I'm looking forget. for, little guys, is your new favorite racer that people need to start to accept as being pretty awesome. And of course, I'm talking about Valverde. Oh, Valverde! That yeah, guy. That's true. He's gonna oh. make. He got tenth place at Strada Bianca. No, it's true. How awesome is that? It is awesome. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely, as I was telling you the other day, I'm definitely becoming a fan of Valverde. It's hard not to. Um, Schumacher update. Do 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 do. He rides for Christina Jewelry. Uh, Everyone <laughs> rides for Christina Jewelry that well, got popped the, in the mid 2000s That's the guy who. Um, that's the same oh. team of the guy who fell in the lake last week. It's true. So. Oh really? Yeah, the Arnold Feet. Is uh, Michael Rasmussen still the team director for Christina Watches? No, that was something different. I don't know who's the. Wasn't Did it? I ever tell you that I ran into a? Uh, um, I went into a bike shop in Miami, and they had, like, a bunch of crazy jerseys. So you're like, why do you have this jersey? Like, they had a Santiago Botero jersey where it was a, a jersey of him on a TT bike. Like, that was the picture, right? It was Botero. And you're like, oh, okay. And then the next one, they had a Christina Watch jersey. Nice. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that, that existed for maybe six months, that that was going to be, like, a team. Timmy, I got I got some fucking deep news for you here. There's a rider on the Christina Watches team, Till Drobish. Guess what yeah. country he's from? Till Drobish. Yep. Hmm. 
Is it an island nation? No, it's a nation that our our collective favorite bike racer is from. I was going to say Estonia there. It's Namibia. Namibia? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dan from Nam has a fellow bike racer in the uh, Euro Peloton. Dan from Nam being Dan Craven, who has the national championship for his cycling academy team. Have you guys seen his national champion jersey? I haven't. It's pretty amazing. Is it oh, got the it's green? Good. They have kind of a complicated flag. It's got the shoulder that's like blue with the star over the shoulder. It's pretty awesome. And then it's got the green and the red. It's pretty good. All right. All right. There's I'll two Namibian you. riders. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? He's only 23. He's a youngin. Can we talk about really bad jerseys for a second? Have you guys yeah. seen the jersey for Team Novo Nordisk? Mm, no. Yes. So that jersey is the ugliest jersey in professional cycling. All white, kind of, it's got the bikini coloring like on the inner thigh panels, and then it's got the whole cat like uh cheese grater helmet. It's just not a good right. kit, not we a fan. talked about it. That is the best helmet that's ever been made. No, you know it's not, it is yes. ugly. It is no. the coolest helmet. <laughs> it's the coolest. That, you find any picture of Sammy Sanchez in 2008 to 2011, that's it. That's the gold standard for cool in a helmet right there. No. You know what helmet looks better than that? <laughs> is the old Brico helmet that Alejandro, uh, Alessandro Pataki used to wear in the Giro for Faso Bordalo. And it had the good. giant, the three giant vents on the front. Yeah. That was a good-looking helmet. Well, that was Tim, an arrow helmet before it was arrow. But – Look, okay, that is the ugliest helmet. Cat, cat-like helmets are the ugliest helmet. No, I'm sorry. It's helmets. Just... So, guys, I hate to interrupt your uh, whatever you're talking about here. Our but... really, our really intelligent debate. <laughs> yeah. Cool. No. Cool. No. So I got a, I got a question, uh, a personal question about another ride etiquette question. Um, how do you guys deal with altercations when you're on a ride, like with with an agitated motorist i flick them off usually and i usually yell back you know this you've been on these rides so you, with me. you exasperate the situation uh usually i mean <laughs> there's that one time where that guy got out of his car to like fight us or whatever and and uh, <laughs> i think you were the one who went around to the driver's side and i was the one who just kind of stood on the other side well so. i had a i had a plan to steal his keys out of his car yeah that's true <laughs> that's true that was gonna be fucking sweet <laughs> it didn't work so i, was gonna... I guess like i've had a couple of different responses you know i've done the old finger that didn't really get me anywhere i've done the wave that just seems to make him even more mad but like yeah. in a passive aggressive minnesota way but my yeah. favorite move that i ever dealt with with an agitated motorist was when I was working as a courier in downtown Minneapolis, and I did the old point at the the rear passenger tire and tell him it was flat. Nice. <laughs> so like we're at the stoplight, and I turn around, I was like looking at him, kind of angry, and then I looked back, I was like, and then I started pointing, and then I was like, roll down. I did the old like international roll down your window symbol, yeah. and then he rolled it down, and I was like, your rear tire, it's flat, and he's like, oh thanks. Like he all of a sudden like was like, oh this guy isn't so bad, and he got out of his car. And he went around the corner to see, like, his car was flat. And I was like, see you later. And then I took a right. And then he fucking couldn't catch me. That was pretty awesome. I was I like proud of that it. moment. That's I a like good that. one. I like that's that. A, that was a pretty good one. I had, uh, I had the guy jump out of his car in wintertime downtown Minneapolis uh, with, like, a screwdriver or something in his hand, like, to threaten nice. me. Jumped out of his car and immediately slipped on the ice and fell down. Oh, that's and awesome. And the screwdriver went flying, like... 20 feet in the air and it was great and i got to laugh at him like a full-on nelson from the simpsons laugh yeah and then ride away that's pretty good that's pretty good but uh i once made a major mistake with an agitated motorist i was going i was in front of the target center um or kitty corner from target center taking a left to go down meat street um six uh sixth street there right mm-hmm. and this car was honking whatever and it it uh it brushed me it hit me it hit my right elbow with his uh, mirror, so I took my U-lock out of my rear pocket and threw it at his car. Um, okay. I've done and that. put a pretty good-sized dent in the uh, rear quarter panel. Uh-huh. And, of course, he stops, and he gets out of his car and starts running after me. And I'm kind of going around the car, so I get off my bike to, like, confront him. 
Like, what? And then he just went over to my bike and jumped on the rear wheel and totally tacoed it. And then he got in his car and drove off. And I was like, I am in... Like, I mean, I got the insurance money, I guess. The, I remember going back to one I wanted to fix the wheel, like, whatever. Yeah. But I, I was like, man, I'm an idiot because <laughs> I got rid of my one weapon. Like, because I, I, I threw the, the U-lock and yeah. then I didn't have it anymore. And then I just had my fists of fury. And you guys have seen, you guys saw me, especially back in 2001, <laughs> 2002, where I was like 130 pounds sopping wet. Uh-huh. And yeah, that just didn't go very well. <laughs> I like. I that learned story. my lesson there. You can't yeah. let go of the lock. No, that's true. That was in front that's of Glicks. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Well, that's that's good stuff. I uh, I do. I have in my old age. I've man. I have confronted and yelled at and done all of the options, all of the above, basically uh, with motorists over the years, including smashing mirrors off and all sorts of things. I'm not necessarily proud of, but felt right. Felt so so right in the moment. Um, but yeah, I do think, you know, the wave, when people are just screaming and shaking their fist and you're just waving and I'm like, oh, hey, hi, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good response. Um, I think the wave is the best way to get at someone because it just makes them mad. So the wave, what I, what I'm saying is the wave can be used for good and for evil. It's true. It's such a, a versatile weapon in the cycling world. It powerful. Is. It's a powerful wrist action. It is powerful. But anyway, <laughs> so I bring this up because I had an interesting altercation with a, a, a motor vehicle on a ride this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to get into it really quick because I, I can't go too terribly in-depth. But uh, I had a car pull up alongside uh, uh, me and my lady friend as we were riding uh, single file along the shoulder of a road. Mm-hmm. And he pulled up alongside me and rolled down his window and said, Hey, I'm a police officer. And what you're doing is endangering uh, people and cars and everything. (laughs) And I looked at him, and he was a younger guy, and I was like, maybe he's a cop. And I looked at his card. It was a Crown Victoria. And I was like, okay, maybe he's a cop. And as I, like, took in the car, I noticed the front fender was pretty rusty. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this guy's not a cop. So I was like, oh, yeah? Call the fucking cops. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, bah, 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 said some things. And, you know, I started lipping off and he, you know, swerves to not hit me, but like pinch us off to stop the movement so we could have a further conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, that's just when I whipped out the phone, took a photo of him and was like, I'm going to call the cops. Like, we can sort this out. If you're if you're a cop, it won't matter. And he was like, bah, 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 mouthing off still, and I dialed 911, uh, which for our UK listener is the number you call to get in touch with the authorities here in the US. What do you think um, they dialed there? I don't know. Okay. Probably the, whatever the upside down version is, because they're on the other side of the world. Um, 199. 116? Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, so I called, and uh, of course he peels out and leaves. Um, so. Nice. He was totally a cop then. Yeah, totally a cop, totally a cop. But as it turns out, the cops did know who he was. We did get his license plate. Really? And uh, so he's he's going to be in some trouble. Ah, uh, nice. They, they are work. pressing charges. This really? one has a happy ending, yeah. What? Wait, did you get like a police do... report to like follow up on this? Like, yes. Or are yes, they yes, telling yes. you they're... No, oh, no. So they're not giving the old like... No, this is... this. He said uh, the cop, the detective they called later was like, yeah, he's a known quantity to us. So really? He's going to be in big, big trouble. So every time, uh, you know, you don't have to just start smashing wow. mirrors. The camera That's phone amazing. that everyone has in their pocket can be very useful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, you never know. So That's, I've, that, I've actually never had to call the cops on a ride before. I've yeah. threatened it many times because usually that de-escalates everything and people go away. Yeah. But I've, uh, I've never had to actually make the call. And I did. And it went surprisingly well so um yeah that was my interesting uh ride story from this weekend man that's a, that's crazy that's a good um, one. and the, he must have and, really pissed off those local cops maybe the, maybe you have better cops <laughs> out there but generally uh, my experience with police and things bike related are like oh the driver said he didn't see you and that's okay then that whatever he did you know is fine because they didn't try so like either you got the greatest cops in the world where you were 
or this guy had been pissing them off for years and they were like really sweet finally something to go arrest this guy on i mean i i think you may be onto something i i think he changed his luck when he impersonated a police officer i i i think so i think they were they were probably that was like a little too far right they're, yeah they're like yeah. okay yeah this guy's were... really pissing us off it turns out, yeah. Hey, he, like, he, is this like the first positive interaction you've ever had with a police officer, Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, I've not got a good track record. <laughs> and so, I do want to bring us down just a little bit. I do feel this needs to be mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. There is a big accident, and of course, I think that we all uh, get sad when we hear about a, a, a rider getting hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, there was a really. Uh, big one in the Florida um, cycling community. And I remember getting the, uh, the note on Facebook where it was like cyclist struck in Clearwater in Clearwater, Florida, um, home of Scientology and all that. But the big, uh, the big news is, is that David Guttenplan, uh, former mm-hmm. time U 23 rider was taken out by a car, taking a left-hand turn in front of him on um, the equivalent of riding uh, river road back home or, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a, a big kind of riding area. Um, in, I mean, completely crushed and yeah. he's still in, uh, the hospital, uh, punctured lung. I mean, 90% of his, uh, nose bone is completely uh, gone. So he's going to need some extensive surgery. And of course, gut plan is pretty much the founder of the podium bike existence in the U S it seems because every single time his team is on the podium in Florida, there's a podium bike and he's now spread it all over the Southeast. And I know we give him a lot of crap for that, yeah. but, uh, he does have a, uh, a caring.com page. So David Guttenplan, any of our, I know we've got a couple of, uh, pro level riders that know David, um, that listen to the podcast, uh, that have already probably contributed, but, um, very sad whenever you hear of a big crash, but Guttenplan yeah, is uh, a well-known quantity in mm-hmm. riding, but, but little guy, how awesome was your ride this past week? <laughs> well, uh, quite the transition. I I actually don't have a real good riding story. I only rode my bike for about ten minutes on um, Saturday. I guess that was the day, and I somehow broke a Shimano SPD pedal. Don't ask me how that happened. So I had to turn around and go home. Um, Wait, you're riding Shimano SPDs? Yeah, we've talked about this like a thousand times. It's Dude, true. Get with yeah. the time. Get with the time. I'm not riding those those giant plastic things, but. <laughs> that's that's my main story the, the only other story i had was from i spent the last three days up on a ladder pruning apple trees right along 40th and so i saw a lot of roadies and uh-huh. uh stuff ride by and i'm thinking i need to set up like a little lemonade stand style fit uh shop right there on the road because everybody that rides by either is on a bike that's too big or too small or their saddle's too low or their chain needs to be lubed or something. Okay. I think I can make a lot of money doing $5 fits on the side of 40th, right there out of Afton. <laughs> $5 fits. That can be $5 a really fits. good, uh, huh. that can be a great name. Yeah, $5 fits. So I'm going to start working on this <laughs> and building my little lemonade stand. I think if I offer lemonade and $5 fits, um, it's going to be good stuff. Huh. Hey, lemonade, I got a I question a for you, little guy. Yeah. Should coffee shops like those out in Afton or whatever, should they stock tubes, levers, and uh, cartridges? If they were smart, they would. Yeah, I think that that seems like kind of a what what should happen, no? But, I mean, you know, every other coffee shop's a bike shop now. So maybe they feel that they don't need to because there's one, like, a block away. But, That's I mean, if, I, it would be smart if that little coffee shop or the ice cream shop in Afton had, like, uh, some tubes and some, you know, CO2s or some shit. They'd probably sell them, but I'm not. Yeah, because the reason I ask is that the the coffee shop I end all of our the rides in Orlando end at is yeah. right next door to the uh, really cool bike shop called Winter Park Cycles. Mm-hmm. And uh, what makes Winter Park Cycles better than almost any other bike shop that on Saturdays it isn't even open till noon, and so not only do you get to the coffee shop around like nine o'clock. 9.30 after your, your morning ride on Saturday, there are people that are trying to get into the bike shop around like 10, and they're just, it just doesn't open until noon. So you kind of sit there and watch. Lucky for me, I'm usually there with workers of the bike shop that are able to go on a nice long ride. 
But I was thinking about this the other day, that what if you were on a ride and you needed to go to the coffee shop to get, like, oh, man, I need a tube because I've got a flat tire, and then the bike shop isn't open until noon, and then you're like, oh, man, now i got to wait here, like, two hours to get my tube. That's what I was asking. Yeah, I It agree. seems to me like a no-brainer. Yeah. I feel like you could just order a tube from your phone on the <laughs> Amazon app and have it delivered by drone before the bike shop would open. Yeah, that's... Oh, that's Oh, man, that would be the most anti-local bike shop maneuver ever, right? Like like sitting outside of the bike shop and then a drone shows What what you'd have to do is call the bike shop first and ask them how much their tubes were and and then order it on the Amazon app and have it delivered by drone to the coffee shop across the street. What would be, I think, um, though, even better would be if the bike shop was open. You win in the bike shop. You looked at the tubes, you asked a bunch of questions about the tubes, maybe had them demonstrate how to use a couple of the tubes and which was the better tube. You said thanks, you went outside, and then you ordered the Amazon drone to bring you the tube you just talked to them about. Yeah. Oh, that's... Hey, do we have time for something that grinds my gears? Yeah, man. You're the one on vacation. Okay, let me (laughs) tell you a little something about something that grinds my gears. Why don't you ask Sarah if we have enough time? (laughs) <laughs> uh, she's fine. Let, let me tell you something that grinds my gears. Okay, what grinds your gears? You guys want to know what grinds my gears? Uh, yeah, Sand. I can't wait. When you go on a group ride, mm-hmm. when you go on a group ride, and there's like 40 people on the group ride, mm-hmm. but there's that one guy that has headphones in. Oh. That's... What? The, like, A, that is not cool. Yeah, because you have headphones either in both. He had them in either both ears or just the left ear. Well, if it's one which, ear, it's just look, the director Sporta talking. To I you. love listening to the. I listen to one. I listen to radio every now and then when I go for a ride, but only in my right ear, so I can still hear cars <laughs> passing me right. on the left side. But a group ride, but there's on there's a group only ride? there's only two things head- that you can't do yeah. as far as equipment on a group ride, and that's headphones. And arrow bars. Like, those are the two say, things. Like, I thought you were going to say are... carbon, carbon rims and headphones. I mean, I'd like to say that, but that's ne- we're never going to start that. That, damn, yeah, that, that floodgate that... is blown open. You yeah, know? yeah, that, <laughs> that is okay. no, longer, uh, uh, no longer a thing. I mean, wearing head. I think people need to say something to someone that's wearing, head- that's wearing headphones, right? Like, yeah. shouldn't we just well, say, like, the hey, pro- The problem don't is wear they, they, they wouldn't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got nothing else. How about you, Spencer? Uh, no, I think you've pretty much killed it. <laughs> yeah, I think we've done it. I think we've, I think we've said everything there is to say. All right, let's wrap hey, it up. Well, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. You can always subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, or you can leave us a review like Slow Crosser, who wrote Fat Bike Madison. Great podcast. My, po- my coworkers can always tell when I'm listening. I can't help but laugh out loud. The... F- this field filler loves your podcast. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Lee from Reno, Nevada. Nice. Lee from Reno, Nevada. Thank you. I'm stoked well, that you're going to be there at the 2018 <laughs> Cyclocross National Championships. And I bet for fun, you go to the Bowling Hall of Fame. That, I mean, how could you not? <laughs> and we also got another podcast review from Michael Duroche, who says, Hey, fun to listen, fun to, listen to you on the slow ride train. These guys are funny, intelligent, and they know the world of cycling. I enjoy listening to them, and I can definitely recommend listening to them while you're on your trainer. Just don't fall off your bike when they crack you up. Ah. <laughs> oh, what right. a great review. I hope that's and, happened. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever happened. I have not fallen off the trainer. Uh, I've definitely fallen off rollers being distracted. but Yeah, if you fall off the trainer, that's some bad news. That's and, special. Uh, you know what usually like, happens to me on the trainer is is I'm, I'm watching uh, a movie, and, uh-huh. and I notice that I've stopped pedaling. Yeah. <laughs> you don't fall off. It's just that you're watching it, and as you're watching the movie, you start to just start zoning out into the movie, and eventually you're like, oh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not really pedaling anymore. I'm just sitting just, here watching a movie. I'm just a guy. In kind of an uncomfortable position. Yeah, in, I'm just a guy a, in a chamois watching a movie. This guy in a chamois in his basement, <laughs> all sweaty, watching a movie. Live. With really good posture. Yeah. Really good posture. Well, thinking... I'd like to. Uh, I think we should also thank BK One of Rhyme Serves Entertainment for his intro and outro music. Mm-hmm. And with that, we'd like to um, 
What was our new sign? What was the new thing we were going to say, Spencer? So we'd like to tell everybody, we'd like to remind our listeners to work together. No, oh, that's right. Work together. Work together. <laughs> and always wave at, at your fellow cyclists. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Oh, guys, I'm pretty sure we just slayed it. I, I mean, that's amazing.